All right, welcome to another fun, exciting episode of Look at My Records. I'm here with the wonderful Cameron Carr of the band Trying. Welcome. Hello, Cameron. Hello. Really excited to have you here. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for inviting me, giving me tea. Oh, of course. Well. How's that tea going? It's delightful. It's delicious. Some black tea. Yeah, I never drink caffeine, so we'll see if in like 20 minutes I'm in love with the world or I hate myself, but... I think you're right more likely to be in love with the world. Okay, is right? that how that works? I yeah. don't really know. So trying, love the band trying that you're a member of. You are trying. I and am. recently relocated from Columbus, Ohio. The band was kind of born out of there. Yeah, trying started while I was in college and I was planning to move after college. So I made a bunch of bedroom demo recordings wound up enlisting some friends who found out about it and thought it was cool and were willing to be in a band that I was planning to move in like two years or whatever it was at the time. So I did most of the songwriting and most of the recording and stuff and got to hang out with those good friends for a while and now it's shifting in the move, uh, testing out different variations of it right now and maybe building it, maybe just trying something a little different, but yeah, trying switching over from Columbus to Brooklyn. Nice. And have you written any new songs since you've gotten to New York? Yes, I have actually, but I'm finishing up an album that was previously started, so they, they might not be around for a while, but I'm thinking about just posting a lot more little demos online, so maybe I'll have some up just periodically, but they won't be formally released or anything for a while probably because I have that album that I'm finishing up probably early next year, maybe spring or so it'll be out. So this is all self-produced? Yeah, all self-produced right now. I mean, I ask friends for input, but almost all in my bedroom, a little bit in a studio at Ohio State University, which is where I went to college, mainly drums there because it's loud, you know. But other than that, my bedroom, my laptop, a couple little speakers, and just figuring it out on my own. Yeah, it sounds great. Oh, I really like trying. Uh, 21 seems to be the crowd favorite, as you said. Yeah, that's like... The total fan favorite. It's funny. People love it. It's we'll play it at like house shows and stuff, and people go nuts, and they're all like jumping up and down and like chugging their beers and stuff, which is funny because it's like not about drinking, like the exact opposite. But people love it. There's some, yeah, they really like Twenty One. Everyone remembers being Twenty One or turning Twenty One. It's a milestone. Yeah, I'm always curious what songs like the people that I talk to all the time, my friends, think are great, and then when I go and meet somebody else they're the same songs or not i'm that somebody else it's 21 and i select 21 that's the one i guess <laughs> but <laughs> so you're the principal songwriter correct yeah i do almost all the songwriting when i was playing with my friends in columbus i'll just list real quick brady costian kelsey apple nick michael and eventually zane twake started playing with us zane Zane. I love that. Not from One Direction. Yeah, that's the only other Zane I know. <laughs> oh, Zane was great. You'd have loved Zane. Uh, but they helped out with little bits of songwriting, and I they would write their own parts sometimes, and whenever I would give them things, I'd always say, like, hey, adjust it if you want. I tried not to make it too uh, authoritarian. They'd have some really good ideas sometimes, but I was the primary songwriter. Yeah, you you had veto power, right? Line well, I mean, I tried power. not to like, veto or anything, but it was like... <laughs> No one ever brought in their own songs. I mean, and I wasn't really encouraging that because I knew I was going to leave with the band. They yeah. all had their own things they would do. Uh, 
yeah, so they would just contribute to what I was working on and give their ideas and input and stuff. And I took it more than I would take just some other friends, I guess. So what do you see happening for this New York uh, incarnation of trying? Good question. What do you see? Uh, Well, right now I live next to a train. And since I do all the recording where I live, I'm seeing something more lo-fi maybe because I'm just, (laughs) you know, working with train noise. But like I said, I might start doing a lot more little demos and things. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to be in New York just because there are so many great bands and labels and venues that you hear about in New York. Maybe it's just because it's New York and it's a big city. But I'm excited to be around all that and start playing around in it. Right now, the band is a smaller form. I listed off four other people before, so that was a five-piece. But right now, it's a two-piece. And we're looking into trying maybe a drum machine. We have a couple people we've talked to about maybe drumming with the band. But it's going to be a simplified down version of it, which I think is kind of nice. So that'll be exciting for me at least most people won't know the difference so it'll just be a new thing yeah i can't wait for you to share trying with the rest of new york yeah the first show uh we're playing we actually just booked is going to be december 10th at piano so we're pretty excited have you ever been to pianos i actually haven't so i lived in new york for two or three months last summer and now i've been here for I don't know, a couple months or so. Haven't been to pianos. Been trying to get out to a lot of venues, but there's just a lot of different places. It's an interesting back room. It's funny. I was at Monty Hall the other day talking with a couple of people, and this band from out of town was there, and they're like, yeah, once we played this venue, it nice back room venue, and then the bar is kind of bro-y. And people were like, pianos? That's kind of like what it's like. <laughs> so I wouldn't advise you to just go there to hang out. <laughs> It was usually like a line around the block, Jeez. but they have like good shows in the venue wow. space. Yeah, because to my understanding, there's like the venue upstairs, which Up, is where yeah. we're playing. There's an upstairs it's too. It's supposed to be a little bit quieter because you know, yeah. it's supposed to disturb the downstairs. Yeah, it was right next to this uh, older venue that recently closed called Cake Shop. Yeah, I'm familiar with Cake Shop. Yeah. Didn't get a chance to go there either, but I'm familiar. It was a wonderful, well-loved space. Yeah, that's what I hear. And Pianos is still there. Unfortunately, it seems the Lower East Side venue-wise is kind of slowly shuddering, unfortunately. But like we said, we were talking before this, just more and more places open up in different areas. Yeah. And seems- music always lives on. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah, it seems good and bad because, you know, you hear about like Shea Stadium, which I did have the chance to go to a lot, uh, closing down. But there's a lot of other venues popping up, and Shea's trying to do other things I know. Uh, so there's good and bad, because it feels like there's a lot opening up, but it also feels like there's a lot closing down. I'm not the expert to comment on, I guess, though. You're, you're gaining expertise, though. Working my way there. Yeah, you're, you're learning. You're, uh, you're new here. But you're already getting well acclimated, I can tell. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> so, your band right now, Trying's a two-piece, correct? You yeah. are still in the band. I'm still in the band, managed to keep that going. And now, Sierra Molenkoff is number two. You can see her face on the uh, 21 artwork for the double single thing that we released. And she is going to be playing melodica and glockenspiel and singing backing vocals. Glockenspiel. That's like the. Oh, yeah. You, you hit it, one. right? Yep. Okay. Uh, there's like wood, to my understanding. Again, not an expert. Glockenspiel is metal. So we have the little children's Glockenspiel. You may have seen it it's in like a blue case, usually. I think I've seen yellow as well, but the blue is the classic, at least in my mind. Uh, yeah, people usually like that a lot just because it's different. I really love the Glockenspiel, so I was big on that. 
melodica is pretty similar. Like people like it because it's quirky. It's cheap enough to get your hands on, and they both like playing a keyboard basically. Yeah, that's cool. I'm really into the glockenspiel. Yeah, I like uh, maybe not alternative instruments, but I like things that aren't just guitar, bass, drums a lot. So like, we had violin in the band before, and I usually play acoustic guitar, or twelve string. So I like things that have a little bit of character to them just because they're a little less common. Not super obscure, but I just like the sounds of different things. And yeah. Glockenspiel's great. Melodic is pretty cool, too. It's a little bit trickier, but it's pretty cool. Glockenspiel, big fan, though. Big fan. I can't wait to hear more Glockenspiel in your songs. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's not in 21, I guess. Actually, it's not in either of those new singles. Wow, yeah. that's weird. Uh, I'm trying to think where you might have heard it. Well, it's in Bloody Nose, which is with 21. And then if you've listened to the cheerleading EP, which we put out, I don't know, a year and a half ago or something, that was earlier on, that has Glockenspiel on three songs. Three songs on there have it. And it'll be on, I don't know, maybe half the songs on the new album, maybe less maybe a little more i think it's probably around sierra half. is a master of the glockenspiel no actually uh she's doing great but she had never played the glockenspiel before <laughs> uh she just started playing guitar i think two years ago and she started her own band then that i played with and i was like you should just play in my band because then i could go on like tour her more because it's hard to get the right people uh you know everyone's scheduled slumped so she toured with us once playing melodica and now i was like well now that you're here in New York, and I'm in New York, let's just both do it, but you should also play Glockenspiel yeah. instead of just Perfect. Melodica. That's the way those things work out, right? Yeah. They're easy to carry in a backpack. It's not like having a keyboard and another keyboard, so... That's good. Yeah. But Trying has toured a little bit. Yeah, so we played typically, I don't know, once or twice a month, we try and get out on the weekends and play around Ohio or somewhere that we could just drive to in a night or something, and then we did a couple of short tours. We did a week out to Brooklyn, New Jersey, stopped in West Virginia, things like that. And over the summer, we went up through Michigan, did like Detroit and Northern Ohio and stuff, and came back down. What was West Virginia like? West Virginia was... Was it like rural Appalachia? Oh, it was super rural. Uh, And I don't think they usually had a lot of shows there, so people were excited about it. It was... They kept referring to the island uh, where we were at in West Virginia, and the island sounds like a nice place. And they were like, no, the island's not nice at all. It was just a weird show. It was December, but it was, I think, the coldest week, the coldest weekend of the winter so far. So it was like 10 degrees or something. We were hoping it'd be like at least 30. So we're freezing out there. We're in somebody's basement. And then people just loved the show and it started getting louder. And then the neighbors came down and like, started unplugging things and throwing drinks and people had a great time though and afterwards we're like we want to buy all of your merch I'm like what just happened I'm like come back anytime I'm like the neighbors are complaining they're gonna call the cops or something people that's a wonderful it. story yeah people were super into it there i guess it's kind of a polarizing response two sides of the spectrum you got people adoring you wanting to buy all your merch <laughs> and then people also wanting to kill you i suppose to be fair uh, maybe not in our defense, who maybe we weren't the loudest band, so we weren't the ones that got uh, the noise complaints, but we probably contributed before that. But I think it was just fun because they didn't have shows a ton there, so they were like, oh yeah, big rock show, neighbors are calling the yeah, cops that's, or something. That's really interesting because I'm used to living, you know, here. 
you're you were from mm-hmm. Columbus, you could go to shows all the time. You know what I've found, and what I've heard from other people who've toured equally as much or way more is oftentimes the best shows are in small college town areas where they don't get a lot of shows but they have a lot of younger people who want those kinds of things and if you can find those places they're really good because people are super excited to be there they're really genuine and sincere about wanting to listen to your music even if they've never heard it before it's not quite their thing but they're really just excited about music or art or yeah. things like that and then I mean they don't go out to shows as much so they it's not like they're going to buy a t-shirt from a band next weekend. They're like, oh, well, we'll buy your t-shirt because we might not see a band for another month or something, which is great for us. I mean, we're not yeah. complaining. But yeah, usually those shows, you really get to talk to people more. And they're all really excited that you're there. So it's just super fun. Wonderful experience. Yeah. Especially in West Virginia. Yeah. But let's play some of these songs now. Songs of yours. So we talked. We're going to play 21. Yeah, throw on 21. People w- love it. When did you write this song? I wrote that song, I think, the night before I turned 21. Like, I think it was, my birthday's February 25th, and I think it was, like, 11 o'clock on February 24th or something. I don't know. I feel like it was a Sunday night for some reason. I don't know. So I was sitting in bed, and all of a sudden I started writing that, and then, like, the next week I made my band play or something along those lines. You're feeling very reflective about that Maybe, moment in yeah, your life? yeah, I guess. More or less. That's cool. And after that, on the Marathon of Fright single, Nobody Loves Halloween Like You Do. Oh, yeah, another good one. So both of those songs are slated to be on our upcoming debut album. Uh, They're both kind of fan favorites, I guess, back from Ohio. Uh, Yeah, 21, I guess it's reflective. Is this about a specific person that loved Halloween? Uh, Partially. So Nobody Loves Halloween was actually last summer when I came to New York for the first time to live here for, you know, for a bit. So I was here for a couple months, and it was a little bit about a specific person, but a little bit about, in general, just kind of feeling maybe bad that I was like, I want to go to New York, and this will be fun for me, and this is what I want to do, but feeling bad that my family and my friends were all still in Ohio, and like maybe I was leaving things behind, but... uh yeah, somebody really liked Halloween, and that's what I was thinking of. And it was great. I'd go to these places, and be like, oh, I wish they were here. And then it was just like kind of the haunting feeling of, oh, where are they at? And then they loved Halloween, so it was a nice little wordplay. That's really nice. And, you know, that's a unique ex- – well, it's not – I mean, that's an experience that I've never experienced because I've lived here so for my whole life. But that has to be, you know, pulling at you in different directions, wanting to come to New York. But at the same time, you know, knowing you're going to miss your family and friends back where you're from. I think growing up in the Midwest, a lot of people have that where if they're into maybe art or music or something or just want to work in like a big hustle and bustle city, they dream of going to Chicago, New York, L.A. or whatever. But all their friends and family are in Ohio or wherever they're from. And then they have that kind of divide where they say they're going to go and maybe they do, maybe they don't. But you feel bad going sometimes yeah. and you don't want to leave people but you also feel like you need to do your own thing and yeah so it was kind of tricky but I'm, I mean I love New York right now at least it's a wonderful place and we're happy to have you <laughs> so here you go everyone 21 and nobody loves Halloween like you do Mm-mm. 
her trying 21 and nobody loves halloween like you do you can check those out on trying's Bandcamp page right yep we got them on spotify and itunes and all that but you can download them for free off Bandcamp. free the what a deal yeah the 21 one actually has one extra song on there that you can't get on spotify or anything What's it called? Uh, it is called Chester, parentheses, reprise, because there's another song called Chester, and it's like a short alternate ending thing. Awesome. It's like a minute long. It's not on the others because it's like a minute long. I think it was a nice little bonus. Thanks for that bonus, man. Yeah. It's very generous of you. I do what Love I can. It. It's a, it's, I haven't heard that song, but I'm sure it's good. Because the other <laughs> songs are good. So based on your track record of good songs, <laughs> it's a fair inference. Good to assume Chester, the reprise is a good song. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Good. So we're going to transition to the second segment where you picked some records and we're going to play them. First up, this is pretty appropriate because I know John Cale. Oh, well, we flipped oh, it over. Oh, I flipped the stack over no. on him now. Whoa. We, we can no, play that. Cool. No. No, I got to okay. deal. I got to deal with what's thrown at me. I didn't and I'm realize here. it was supposed to be in order right now. <laughs> no, no, there's no order to anything. This podcast is always chaos, okay, which good. is the way I like it. Good. So, 
You know, if yeah. I can say, the one thing I feel like people are really missing out on, you got good hand gestures. Yeah. Like the hand gestures make it. Yeah. Everyone just imagine me, if you've ever met me, the way I would talk to you, and that's what's happening. But see, people can picture us without the hand gestures, and we probably yeah. just sound really boring. But with the hand gestures, I feel like we're exciting young yeah, people. Yeah, we're really exciting. Maybe we'll st I'll start live streaming this. I think you can just do some stills. You can even pose them and just have Yeah. Like, you can't see what I'm doing right now if you're listening, but I'm doing obnoxious uh, hand gestures like to get yeah. the point across. Yeah. Totally. Anyways, that's enough trouble. <laughs> First uh, one, Bell and Sebastian, yeah. if you're feeling sinister. Uh, I was telling you just a minute ago while we were listening to the music that I usually get pegged as a Bell and Sebastian person, and people are like, oh, you love Bell and Sebastian, don't you? Truth is, I didn't really start listening to them until like late summer, but I'm obsessed with this song, Get Me Away From Here, I'm Dying Right Now. I mean, I like a lot of their stuff now, but that's the one that's really been just hitting me good i can play it over and over again yeah and they are supposed to be having like a set of eps coming out I this not year know that I... yeah like old school 80s scottish band style good where you just or like the smiths where it yeah. would be singles or eps coming out so we can look forward to that but love bell and sebastian Scotland produces a lot of amazing music. Yeah, I love all that jangly indie pop. Like Me too. Kind of lo-fi stuff. Oh, so good. So many good Me Scotland bands. Me too. I actually just discovered this one uh, Scottish band. I think they're Scottish Close Lobsters right up that alley. They're, they're very, like, out. I had never really heard of them. And then I was hooked. Got, like, a singles collection and stuff. I'll send you some of their yeah, stuff. Yeah, please. I always had this thing when I was younger uh, where I would like get really into a band and I couldn't quite explain why and I would always find out that they were from Scotland and it was like we were promised jetpacks and churches, this band your neighbor the liar, like bigger ones, yeah. more obscure ones. Now that I've gotten into all the like jangly indie pop stuff. Teenage like, fan yeah, club, Bell camera Bastion, obscura, pastels, all yeah, that Yeah, the stuff. pastels. So much good Scotland music and it's like right up my alley. I don't know what it is. You, you look like a Scot. You know that? Do you have any Scottish, Scottish ancestry? Yeah, I'm very Irish. I was just talking about this with my mom. <laughs> uh, my great grandparents are from Ireland and there's some Scottish but not like, it's you know like diluted at this point but it's close enough. There's yeah, just a little they, water, right, in between. Yeah, but Irish is big on my mom's side of the family. That's always been a big part of their heritage, though maybe not as much in my life now. Uh, yeah. Does your mom like Bell and Sebastian? I don't think so, but I bet she would if I played yeah. them for her. She always the, likes like kind of poppy indie things yeah. when I show her. She's like, this is so cool. Well, tell her to listen to this podcast. I and really then should. She probably would love to listen to it. Here yeah, you on a podcast? It's probably true. She's probably very proud of you. She'll give me specific comments or like, I can't believe you listened to that whole podcast just to hear the sound <laughs> of my voice. Hey, Cameron's mom. Cameron loves you. In the future. Love you, mom. <laughs> All right. You want to throw this bad boy on? Yeah. Next one. Always. Oh, I got to talk about them all in advance yeah. here. Okay. Uh, always. This has got to be one of my favorite albums of the year at least top three maybe number one this album is just like incredible it's so fun very scottish pop as well actually though they're from canada uh i'd like to play the song not my baby but i'm really open to anything on here if you let's, had a strong other let's preference. do it no not my baby's a great song and they're one of my favorite bands of the last like seven or eight years their first record i was obsessed with i can't think of another record that 
I liked that much within the last decade that just really, you know, wore wore it out, wore the vinyl out, listened to it all the time. And this record's really good, too. So I was really highly anticipated for me for Mm -hmm. this record. And they really didn't disappoint. It's good cover to cover. It's another classic from them. They took their time with the songs. And for good reason, because they they really did a great job. Yeah, everything you said, so true. It's really excellent. If you haven't listened, if you're vaguely into the music that I just played or Bell and Sebastian, you should definitely check it out. Like the feelies, like anything like that. You could tell it's all the influences are there. And it's funny, anytime they play live, they always cover these Australian bands that kind of have a similar sound, yeah. like the Hummingbirds and the Primitives. I'm trying to think off the top of my head who's from Australia now. Are, are is it the Bats? Are they from Australia? They're New Zealand, so similar. Zealand, yeah, okay. those are all New Zealand fans, yeah, too. And like Twerps, you, you yeah. would love them. Yeah, I'm vaguely familiar with Twerps. Uh, regardless, another good thing about Always that I'll point out their album covers are always really great. They have these great kind of diluted color schemes where it's just a few colors and they're very repetitious. Like this one has a handful of people in red coats looking or red shirts looking away from you. It's got like yellow and a kind of faded blue and white, which is similar colors to the last album. Yeah, the, was, the uh, first cover was great. That like group of schoolgirls or yeah, whatever. It's from a National Geographic article, if I'm not mistaken. They found the photo I found it in some interview because I was trying to find out more about why their album like who does their album covers and why they come out with this look every time it's so great I love when bands have uh, aesthetic that they kind of keep with which I suppose Bell and Sebastian yeah for the most part really does as well they have the kind of uh, colored hue across a plain black and white looking photo always beautiful I love absolutely beautiful and of yeah. course always a bunch of good Canadians from Toronto God bless him, right? Mm, yeah, really great. All right, next up, All right, Hoboken's own Yola Tango. So this is off Popular Songs, which is not my favorite Yola Tango album. I would have to go with the Nothing Turn Itself Inside Out. Honestly, this isn't in my top three even, but there's this song on here, Avalon or Someone Very Similar. It's the second track, and it is just phenomenal. I don't know how familiar you are with it. Yeah. I don't, it's a wonderful song. Yeah, I don't know if it's a super big one. I can't remember how I stumbled on it. Maybe I was just listening to the album or shuffling things on Spotify or something one day. But it's super fuzzy and like jangly at the same time, which I'm super into. I like the layering of stuff. I like the kind of indie pop thing. But they have like the kind of muted voices and almost falsetto thing. It's always tricky to tell who's singing, whether it's uh, Ira or Georgia in there. But... Yeah, it sounds really good. It's like sparkly and like warm and mm, very tasty. Sound. Very tasty, right? Oh, Delicious big song. Big fan of it. Yeah, they got some great stuff. And this is one of my favorite songs by them for sure. Ooh, more stars than there are in heaven. I forgot this was in here. That's a real emo song. Oh, is it? I guess. <laughs> here I am. I remember listening roots. to that and it's like, you walk and that's the one. Yep. And it's like really long and drawn out. It's a great yep. song though. Not really the longest like song on the album because yeah. then they play uh, more stars than there are in heaven. I haven't written. No, that's the one I was just talking about. Yeah. And the glitter is gone is the one I'm thinking yeah. of. Uh, and that's even longer, at least in the album version. I know there's uh, 
forget what the video series is called, but there's a live video of them playing on a rooftop. Honestly, can't remember which yeah, one of those songs they it, play. Uh, they might do both. I think one of them's a 22-minute long version, though, when they play it. Yeah, that's a Pitchfork series, pitch right? Series? I think it was. Yeah, because I remember. I think I remember watching that too. Sounds right. Playing on a rooftop in like Manhattan or something. Yeah, it's right? very cool. Yeah. You know, Yellow Tango now, I believe, are in Georgia. Moved to Manhattan once Maxwell's closed. Huh. So they don't live in Hoboken anymore. But Interesting. I'll always think of them as a Hoboken band. So I can respect that. Yeah. Do you want All to move right. on to this last one I got lined yes. up? Yes. So what what song did you Avalon or something? Avalon something or something very similar. That's the one. Okay, and the last one. Uh I have, Whoa, what a classic. Yeah, I'm maybe I'm being cheesy here. I got Velvet Underground and Bell and Sebastian here, but I have Velvet Underground and Nico. I would like to play I'll Be Your Mirror. Uh, Nico fronted song. It's really great, really sweet song. Really got an into Velvet Underground as well recently, just like Bell and Sebastian. I particularly like when they do the more kind of like poppy, almost proto indie pop stuff where they'll have like tambourine and the kind of intertwining yeah. guitars. Really great. Great songs in here. I mean, I love the feedback stuff too, but I'll Be Your Mirror is one that's really been getting me recently. Uh, it's a beautiful song. Yeah, really Nico great. has a beautiful voice. What a collaboration. Oh, yeah. You know, what a collaboration. Yeah, great album. And it, yeah. 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 Good pick. I feel like a lot of people know about Velvet Underground. I'm not going to ramble on too long. Somebody out there is like, I don't know about Velvet Underground. Someone is. Someone is. Someone is. That's kind it. of how everyone discovers them, I'd find. It's like typical, like, I discovered them when I was in college type of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I started listening to them. I mean, I remember I was like a kid music obsessive, you know, and people would reference Velvet Underground when I was younger, I don't know, 12 or whatever. I was like, huh, don't know if this is for me. This is kind of... Yeah, it's hard. Like, I remember being introduced to stuff that's a little more more mature ear when you're like 12 <laughs> or 13 and kind of just like oh i don't know what to do with this and yeah. then you kind of circle back around to it when you're a little older and you're looking for something with more substance you know 13 year olds need like ska and pop <laughs> punk and stuff they need like fat records bands yeah and stuff. that stuff <laughs> it was like okay i don't know if you did this but i would find a lot of my stuff off itunes Back in the day, I think they still do it, but maybe not as well. They used to have bios that you could click on with the artist, yeah. and then it would have contemporaries and influencers, I think were the titles they gave it. Yeah. So I would read like the bio, and then I would look at the contemporaries and the influencers and go listen to them, do the samples on iTunes, yeah. and go find them on YouTube. That's how I'd find a lot of bands. It's like I like Nirvana, which is a lot. It's kind of different and out there, but I mean, everybody knows Nirvana was yeah. obviously accessible for a lot of people. Yeah, so. very great to get into when you're 12 but then it was like check out dinosaur jr yeah. and check out sonic youth and my bloody valentine and, and i was like kind of cool but i don't know if this is quite for me like i remember reading about my bloody valentine that back then be like this sounds really interesting and listening and feeling like i did not understand yeah that's happening. all stuff that i got into in college oh, actually every single one of those bands yep. you just mentioned was not something i would listen to in my teens, it was more like my late teens and college years. I remember really discovering, I'm a little older than you, but mm -hmm. at college, they would have peer-to-peer -peer file sharing amongst right. people on the campus. So you would just download music that other people had on this 
campus-wide network, and that's how I kind of like got exposed to all that stuff. Because mm-hmm. in high school, it was mostly, uh, I'd say, pop punk and ska and like late stage emo stuff. Yeah, I didn't fall as into ska, but I was definitely into the emo stuff a lot in high school. Yeah. Really loved indie rock still, but I got really into the emo or emo revival. I like math rock and scrams. And oh, math, math rock's good, though. That stuff's good. Yeah, I mean, there's some good stuff and some bad stuff and all of it, especially right now. The thing looking back, I feel like pop punk and emo, I give a bad rap partially deserved because just you listen to the lyrics and it can be really misogynist and just misplaced emotions and it can be tough to realize that you were super relating to that when you were 15 it's interesting because some of it is not good obviously but now as people that enter their late 20s and 30s kind of are more involved in like editorial roles at pitchfork and different Mm -hmm. publications they're like oh let's revisit all these records and they're actually like kind of revive them kind of take a different look at them and they're like actually this was kind of influential and stuff like that Mm -hmm. like specifically think of stuff like or like the second brand new album and the one they released in 2006 which i was actually just reading a pitchfork article about brand new specifically this morning in regards to uh both jesse lacy and the things that he has unfortunately yeah it is unfortunate but also just looking at some of the lyrics and thinking about how they're maybe not the best ways to carry out your emotions or treat other people and talking about it was a female writer i believe and she was talking about her experience like being really obsessed with it at the time and then kind of looking back and understanding how maybe that influenced some of her uh negative relationships she had and just things that's like really that. interesting i gotta check that out yeah i'll try and remember to send you a link uh but yeah just think about stuff like that now and not to bash on the whole genre or anything there's definitely some very well-intentioned and some very successful albums and songs and artists that really create positive uh energy and like emotions especially for young people yeah it's kind of like every genre they it seemed to have an early phase in the late 80s and 90s where there was like good stuff coming out like rites of spring mm-hmm. I, I really liked the promise ring and like texas is the reason bands like that and then it kind of gets co-opted kind of pushed into the mainstream and then mm-hmm. there's a lot of copycats then of like really derivative not good stuff so yeah i mean that's fine too but yeah it's okay we're just here to talk about it different things that's for all. everybody all right well let's play these songs now so just to circle back we got Bell and Sebastian, Always, Yola Tango, and The Velvet Underground in Nico. That is correct. Boom. Enjoy. Let's do it. Now a photogenic, you know 
stand a chance Oh, I'll settle down with some old story About a boy who's just like me Thought there was love in everything And everyone, you're so naive They always reach a sorry Sure, but I could only make you cry with these words Cry with these words Cry with these words Cry with these words Oh, get me away, I'm dying Get me away, I'm dying Get me away, I'm dying Get me away, I'm dying
open your door to show that you're home when you think the night has in your mind that inside you're twisted and unkind let me stand to show that you are blind please put down your hands cause I see got some more picks for us Cameron Carr of the band trying That's what's me. on deck all right next up I got Saint Vincent off of her album marry me the track all my stars aligned I have been super into the newest Saint Vincent album mass seduction like holy cow wow it's just like a pop meets indie or alternative whatever masterpiece she's great obviously she does all the just out there and really inventive guitar stuff and production stuff She's really wonderful. She really is going to go down as one of the great uh, songwriters of our time. She really, everything she puts out consistently, really churning out good, inventive, fresh songs. So true. So, the And one this was her first one. This is her first album, right? I do believe this is her first album. And part of why I picked this, or maybe why it's interesting to this conversation or comment you just made is that on this album i think she's really inventive but not in exactly the same way as she is now it's much less electronic influenced she still has some interesting guitar things but all my stars line is a piano driven song and it's much more maybe uh i don't know like tim pan alley or jazz yeah. and pop style a little bit of like show tunes in there uh those kind of influences so it's just different in that way which is really inventive the way she mixes it with modern rock or indian pop influences but it's different than the things she's doing now and i remember when i was first getting into her like kind of digging around and finding this like oh this is cool and then hearing more of the like bizarre guitar electronica stuff and being like this is different she's a really talented guitarist too yeah she's very skilled i get the impression she's just a very brilliant musician and artist in general where she's really considerate about the whole arrangement and then her whole production and image and everything which is really intentional in the way she does her artwork and her stage show and her music videos and everything which like i mentioned with always the bell and sebastian i super love that when people are purposeful in everything they do instead of just throwing it together yeah it's definitely not thrown together oh yeah 
All right. Great, great pick. All My Stars Line by St. Vincent. Next, uh, totally shaking it up. Probably doesn't make sense to play this one right after. You know what? Let's let's just switch them. This will be better. Okay. Uh, Next, we'll do JSOM, the bus song off of her latest album, Everybody Works. Uh, Been into this album. She's got that kind of chorusy, like almost jangly sound. Yeah, she, it's def- she definitely has that jangly sound. This is one of my favorites of the year, too. Yeah, and she's got a little bit of maybe dream pop or lo-fi or even occasionally like shoegaze influences. This album maybe a little bit less, uh, but I've been really into it. I think she has a unique approach to her things, just a little bit different perspective, maybe. Uh, I really love her guitar tone and stuff. She has these great songs where they're really dynamic and they're not quite chorusy jangly in the same way as a lot of these uh not to bash on any of these bands but bands that are falling in the footsteps of like mac tomorrow car real estate beach fossils i feel like a lot of them are taking similar approaches and i think that she has maybe some similar influences to them or occasionally similar results in some aspects but the band comes out with a more unique sound than a lot of them i really totally agree i absolutely agree when i first heard the record before this one is like this is a real fresh take on the genre yeah i don't even know if she was going for that sound at all or if she has the same influence but i think something lends a couple of things to be similar but then there are just a lot of things where she's doing it she or the band i'm not sure exactly how much is i get the impression it's the individual front person but me too I, uh Whoever is responsible entirely, I think that they just come up with some different things than a lot of other acts are doing right now. Yeah. I can't wait to see what she does next. Yeah. And I just missed them. They played uh, somewhere in Brooklyn. I want to say in September. Yeah. I think they were back. Uh, we saw them, Pooja and I, at Babies All Right, early, like earlier this year with the Courtney's. Mm. That was a good show. Dang, that would have been super fun. Yeah. Very jealous. It was good. There's a video on YouTube. I'll send it to you. I I took it with my phone, so (laughs) (laughs) So, so you can check that out. All right. And then... Uh, Lastly, a bit more of a jump here. I have Wire's Pink Flag, and the song that I would like to play is 1-2-X-U. I am no Wire expert. I know some people are super into Wire, so... Me. Uh, yes, you can educate me more here, but I remember hearing 1-2-X-U and being like, what is this? This is, like, very Ramon sounding, and I don't think I've ever heard this before, and what's going on? And I, like, had to harass somebody who was playing it down the hall in my dorm, like, what what are you playing right now? And they're like, oh, that was Wire, Pink Flag, and yeah, super cool, uh, very quick song, I think it's like a minute, minute and a half or something, much more punk or early hardcore maybe even than the other stuff that we got going but great one saw it on your shelves wanted to pull that bad boy out yeah this is one of my favorite albums of all time it's really amazing wire so good this record is so influential to so many bands that came after it just the obviously the brevity of the songs but still capturing that energy and the hooks in the song too you just really addicting now i'm not sure if you know this but i'm seeing on the back of the album here that all songs are published by carlin music corp except for one two x u and lowdown which are published by emi music limited whoa do you know if those are covers or anything no i don't think it's a cover maybe they're written by one band member instead of them all yeah whoa we'll Hmm. have to find out curious very curious 
Oh my gosh. Huh. Different things. Oh my gosh. Shows what I know. Uh, also on the back here, they have for each member their. The first member has hair color, second has height, third has eye color, and fourth is weight. <laughs> Little stats, almost like trading cards. That's kind of fun. That is fun. Wire's still kicking. They played three nights at Baby's All Right in September. They had a new album this year. They put out a new album like every year, and they're all still really good. Huh, I just assumed that they like recently got back together or got back out on the road. So they've... It's weird. So I think uh, they've intermittently throughout their career kind of stopped and then started again. Like I think they were active late 70s, early 80s, then stopped, revived late 80s, 90s, stopped for a little bit, then like 2005-ish or whatever, and they've still been going since then. Really great band. Yeah. Great song. Oh. Is that a popular one? Oh, yeah, it's a great song. Okay, cool. Then All you right. I already know it. It's a classic one. All right. So, hope you people are ready because you're going to hear St. Vincent, J. Sam, Wire. Smile to 
So you're in a man, kissing a man. So you're in a 
Excellent selections from Cameron. Whoa. I'm Cameron. Wow. So, unfortunately, our time's drawing to a close here. It was really great having you. Anything else you'd like to add before we sign off? I think we covered most of it. Just, you know, want to throw out again, uh, playing our first New York show as a Brooklyn band, December 10th, The Pianos, and it's free. It's one of those fun nights. We're going to be playing with Nancy McArthur and something else. If my memory's correct, something else is from Brooklyn, and Nancy MacArthur is not. But I could be mixing those up. I, like I said, we just booked this show. I think yesterday, so I just heard the artist names and everything. Cool. Will everyone go check them out? Trying December tenth, pianos Sunday, first New York show of many. First New York show of many. And what about this uh, full-length album you're putting together? When can people expect that? Uh, So hoping to have that out early next year, maybe spring or so, maybe late winter. Who's to say? Uh, So I'm kind of, you know, throwing out the labels right now, seeing if people are interested. Talking to a few people don't have anything nearly worked out yet and if it doesn't work out i'll just put it out on my own that'll be fine Woo. but maybe i'm sure someone's gonna, gonna snap those goodies up cassette, vinyl whatever uh so yeah hopefully that'll be out maybe february or march totally speculating though and then hopefully we'll get to go out and play a week or so and then a bunch of weekends after that and you can see us wherever you live and it'll oh, be a great time can't wait all right so we're gonna close this i picked two records since you're from columbus ohio Pick two awesome Ohio bands, Times New Viking, uh, Dancer Equired. This was their release on Merge Records. It was kind of their stab at somewhat higher production values with the album. They were known for basically doing everything on four track up until this point. Um, literally a cassette four track thing. And um, So in Columbus, Times New Viking is from Columbus, yeah. correct? A lot of people who are a little older than me, maybe like 10, 15 years, five years, even, I don't know, they like really love Times New Viking, and it's always like, oh, so-and-so who once played with Times New Viking is going to be in this band. It's totally a thing around there. People are, not that I'm one of those people, I'm sure Times New Viking is fine, I don't mean it bad, but yeah, very popular around Columbus. People definitely respect them a lot. 
Yeah, I loved them. They're a very polarizing band because people either hated them or loved them because sometimes the songs are a little like tough to listen to for some people, but I uh. loved them. I was like a huge fan and I still am, but they're no longer active. Yeah. They have various other projects, I think. Connections, the drummers in that yep, band. Yep, that's one that I was thinking of. Uh, definitely falls in a vaguely similar footprint, but things like that you think, oh, Connections featuring members of Times New, Times Viking. New Viking. So I was going to play Ways to Go. It's a really like, it's a good song. And then Guided by Voices from your hometown of Dayton, Ohio. Yep, I grew up in Dayton, Ohio, the little suburb of Centerville. Uh, Guided by Voices was not actually very well known among people of my age. It was more so after I went to New York, people are always like, oh, Guided by Voices, Dayton, you must know all about that. And I was like, no, didn't really affect me. Uh, all the music venues and bars there were really 18 and up or 21 and yeah. up. So by the time I went off to college, I'd barely been to any of the venues. But Guitar Center had a Guided by Voices signed vinyl hanging above the door. Uh, I remember they played a music festival in Cincinnati once, and people, some people were like, oh, Guided by Voices. And I was like, are they a Christian band or something? <laughs> I think I would have been like 16 at the time. So you can judge me as hard as you would no, like for that okay, comment. No, that's okay, man. Don't worry about it. <laughs> And uh, this is uh, one of the reunion releases. They got back together in 2010. This is probably the fourth release after their reunion or fifth. And this is Class Clown Spots a UFO was released in 2014. I'm going to play the title track, Class Clown Spots a UFO, because it's nice. a fun song. All right, Cameron, thanks. Been a pleasure. Great it was really great you. having you guys. We're sending everyone off with Ways to Go by Times New Viking. And class clown spots a UFO by the Dayton, Ohio legends, your hometown. <laughs> Guided by voices. Bye, everyone. Bye.
Go now.